Good morning, good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific, streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! Come on in, baby. Cowboys remain active. It's weird to say, man. It's weird to say, but we're going to review all of these moves the Cowboys have made over the last couple weeks, specifically uh, yesterday's moves, right? And what these moves mean to those specific position groups, okay? And then in the roundup, we got a mock draft. We have a mock draft at 26 that I love. That I don't think y'all will, but I think y'all should. And I'm going to tell you why you should. Plus, we got a tyrant plan that I heard about. Uh, if this tyrant plan is true, it's a plan that I can get jiggy with. No, no, no. It's a plan for real, though, that I could, I, could, I could live with if they decide to roll with it this way. If not, you know, we could be in a little bit of trouble. But these this, this move that happened yesterday could indicate that that plan may be in motion. We'll see. Y'all can call in. We can talk about it. 351-999-3787. Come on in. Love y'all to death. What's good, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! My lady's in here trying to, you know, come on now. Baby. You ain't going to do that to me, man. I like the shirt. Yeah, I like the shirt. What up with y'all, though, man? How y'all feeling this morning after the Cowboys continue to be active in the first few weeks of free? Usually, actually, this 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 week right here is where they sign the bargain bins. They sign the reserve guys. They they tend to bring back their own, but they were extremely active last week. That opened up for this week to feel good. I put on Twitter, when you make a couple of these dude-type moves, right, then these bargain signings, these re- reserve signings, these role-player signings feel so much better, you know? If it had just been these type of moves, then we'd be, we'd be feeling a little bit different. It'd be the same old story, but it's not the same old story, Cowboys Nation. It's not... The same old story. Toxic, I know you don't want to hear this. The result, you know, you may complain about the result later on, but I'm telling you right now, they're not doing the same things, and that's all we can ask for. That's all we've been asking for. So let's get into this roundup. Uh, I I want to touch on this mock draft. I want to get your feel on this. We've been playing around with this guy at 26, and I kind of got mixed reviews, but I'm going to tell you why you should be ecstatic if it actually happens, plus the tyrant plan. Then we'll transition into these uh these moves that just happened. And again, I want to hear from y'all on the hotline. So let's go. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Daniel Jeremiah came out yesterday and dropped, I believe it was his mock draft. Was it 2.0, 3.0, whatever .0 it was. And he mocked defensive tackle Mozzie Smith from Michigan to the Cowboys. And I love it. Jello Beats, holla at me. Yeah, I, I would definitely be shmoney dancing to this. It has nothing to do with money, but it doesn't matter. If they were able to get Mozzie Smith to the Cowboys, I can give a damn where it's at. And I know a lot of people don't want to take him at 
26. But here's what Daniel Jeremiah said. Smith generated a lot of buzz in personnel circles for his combination of athleticism and power. His best football is ahead of him, and he'd fill a need in Dallas. No lies told about filling a need in Dallas. And that need, obviously, is defensive tackle, a run-stuffing type of defensive tackle. But I don't think he just offers that. I don't. I think they've actually positioned themselves in the draft to take a stud at a position of need, even if some people view this as a quote-unquote reach. I'm not going to fuss about it. Because this is a position, historically, that this franchise just can't nail. Right, or at least they haven't been able to do it since Jay Ratliff when, it, when we're talking about one of them dudes. And I know they found Jay Ratliff in the fifth round. But for the most part, if you look around the league at these stud-type DTs, a lot of these guys are taken on day one or day two. And you don't believe me? Chris Jones, second round. Justin Simmons, first round. Villavea, first. Quentin Williams, first. Dexter Lawrence, first. DeForest Buckner, first. Jonathan Allen, first. Deron Payne, first. Dalvin Thomason, second. Ed Oliver, first. Christian Wilkins, first. Aaron Donald, first. Yeah, you got DJ Readers, who can hit, fifth rounder. Yeah, you got the Javon Hargraves, third rounders. But if a guy like Mozzie Smith is staring at you in the face, And he's a, in my opinion, that final missing piece type of guy for this defense that could have a massive trickle down effect. We talk about this, right? Because not only is he going to help keep your linebackers clean, but he's also going to push the pocket. I'm not, I'm not saying he's some stud pass rusher, but don't get it twisted. The dude is not just a one dimensional guy. Yeah, he didn't put up all the sack numbers. He ain't playing next to Mike Parsons. <laughs> He ain't playing next to D-Law. He ain't playing next to Osa. Et cetera, et cetera. And he ain't playing with no damn Dan Quinn. So if you got a dude who can help you against the run, who can push that pocket in the pass game, it's going to help your corners, who are playmakers, safeties who are playmakers, and obviously it's going to help keep your defense, uh, your linebackers clean. This guy has a bit of a reach. Oh, what are you, where are you, where you consider Mozzie Smith? Second round? If you consider Mozzie a second round guy, it's not a reach to me. Where do you consider Mozzie as your, in your, your, your interior defensive line rankings? Top two? Top three? Not a reach to me. Because it's, be, it's, it's a position of need and he's a stud. So I would love, you know, later on in the show, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this. This today's more about, the guys that we just re-signed or signed. But I would love to hear from the, I'm out on Mozzie Smith in the first round or two. I know a lot of people say, well, we can get him in round two. Can you? Will you? We don't know. We don't know, man. And I don't know if you're going to find him in round three, four, or five. Sure, like I said, you can get a DJ Reader or Javon Hargrave. But I can list you about 12 dudes, studs, who you got to take in the interior on day one or day two. And I think I think Mozzie has the potential to be one of those guys, man. I do.
let's get to the Tyron Smith plan that I heard about this morning uh, per Bobby Bell. So the word on the street for Tyron Smith is that the plan is for him to be this year's Jason Peters. Thank the football gods. I don't mind him taking a pay cut. I don't mind him being on a one-year deal, but not as a starter. I don't want them to rely on Tyron Smith as a starting left tackle. Tyron Smith on a, whatever it is, $6 million, $7 million with the incentives included as a backup, as a swing, sign me up, sure. That means you're, you're hoping that you only see Tyron Smith for three or four games. That's about what he can play now. <laughs> it's about what he can play. But Bobby was on the radio and he said that what he's hearing is that Tyron Smith, the plan is for him to be the backup. And if you guys remember, I think I might have said it last week, I saw a tweet go out that said, that didn't really pick up much steam for whatever reason, that said that uh, Tyler Smith, the plan was to keep him at left tackle. Kind of got swept under the rug, but now I I guess this is kind of gaining some steam. We'll see. We'll see. But they did sign a versatile player that could do some interior and and tackle things that adds depth to both of those positions. I'm not saying that move in general stops you uh, or, or, or aids you in making this plan, but it gives you some depth if you want to move Tyron Smith to full-time swing guy and line up today and play. And we'll talk about that addition here in a second, without a doubt. But when you bring up Tyron Smith, it's hard not to talk about or put the injury spotlight on Tyron Smith, Cowboys Nation. And that injury spotlight is brought to you by OSMI. They provide orthoscopic and robotic-assisted orthopedic surgery. Say that five times fast. Foot and ankle surgery, sports medicine, physical therapy, and a ton more. Their team of orthopedic specialists has offices in Fort Worth, Decatur, Mansfield, and they provide state-of-the-art orthopedic care to the North Texas area. When it comes to medical care, you and your loved ones deserve the best possible experience, so schedule your free appointment today at osmifw.com. And make sure y'all always stay alert for our Doc Talks with Dr. Boothby of OSMI. Final part of the roundup is what's going to transition us into the first part, first block of our show, and that is the Cowboys. Yeah, I guess you could say this. Getting active in free agency. Sounds weird because, yeah, they signed their own guys back, but I don't really consider that being active in free agency. Technically, it is. I know. Don't beat me up. But this is the first time they've signed guys outside of their team. And let's start with, if I can get it open here, let's start with the guy that could potentially help massage this Tyron Smith uh, situation. And that is offensive lineman Chima Idoja. Now, if y'all remember, he was a guy that the Cowboys had uh, looked into... Was it last year? I believe it was last year when Tyron might have went down. It was either last year or the year before. I can't remember. But uh, he was a guy the Cowboys looked into when he was with the Jets. Uh, and he eventually would go on to sign with the Falcons. And he only played in one game there. He got hurt towards the end of the season. And they ended up just putting him on IR. But uh, he's a player that's got 26 career games. 13 starts. 
and he had one start last year for the Falcons. Again, versatility is the name with this guy. He's, he's not a tackle size dude, but he played some tackle. Hell, he played tackle against the Cowboys when we lost the mono game to the Jets. Played pretty decent in that game. But I think they're, they're assigning him to give them some guard depth. Now, I, I'm not sitting here saying this just wipes the slate clean. You got to worry about taking a guard anywhere in the draft, top three rounds in the draft, or you don't got to sign anybody else. Nah. But this is just them doing their due diligence, right? And, and being responsible, heading into the draft, signing uh, insurance type policies in case they don't like what they see when the player is on the board or they strike out at a certain position. That's what this is. That's all. Now, he played solid in that one game that he played with the Falcons. There's that. He got some, some decent tape with the Jets. But, but this isn't a guy that's going to move the needle in a way of, hey, I don't have to do anything at the position. Just an insurance policy, Cowboys Nation. So, you know, if people are on Twitter, and, and, and it'll be like this for the other guy too. Oh, this means nothing. Oh, for, for who cares? Look, no one's trying to big up any of these signings as hump moves. But you have to be responsible these type of moves you still have to make. No one complains about them making these type of moves unless they are the only moves you make. <laughs> That's where the complaining comes. But they aren't the only moves that the Cowboys made. They also brought back Dante Fowler. A guy who I would have been happy to re-sign, obviously depending on money and, and responsibility. But I think he's going to be coming back here in the same role. I thought he had a good season as a situational pass rusher. Six sacks, two forced fumbles, 36 pressures. And he had one of the highest pressure percentages in the National Football League. In fact, I think he had the highest pressure percentage on the team, period. Now, he sat out essentially that Niners game. He only played, I think it was six snaps. And when you really take a step back and, and you kind of realize, okay, I get it. You're going up against a team that's historically going to run against you Dante Fowler is not a run defender. Uh, I mean, he was dressed for the game, obviously. He played six snaps, but he, he wasn't going to be able to play as much because he would be essentially a liability in the run game if you were going to continue to run the ball as much as we thought that the Niners would. Now, they didn't have a lot of success running the ball. So maybe they, not even maybe, they did, I think, make the right move by sitting Dante Fowler in that game. But that shouldn't take away the fact that I think he's a quality uh pass rush rotation guy put it this way when the Cowboys signed him last year I felt the same exact way I feel even better because we got a chance to see him with the Cowboys under Dan Quinn again and you're getting back on another one year cheap deal so you can feel even better about this also doesn't stop you from doing anything you want to do in a draft but as my guy John Oning said it raises the floor of your pass rush another thing it doesn't do I don't think this is a progress-stopping move either for Sam Williams. I think a lot of people may, may have that thought. Well, what about Sam Williams? Sam Williams started to come on about midway through the season, and clearly Dan Quinn and, and that staff noticed because his snaps took an uptick. He had more games of 20-plus snaps he has in Sam Williams than Dante Fowler did the second half of the season. So from about week, I believe, nine or ten on, Sam Williams played more than Dante Fowler. So I don't think Fowler hinders Sam Williams at all. In fact, 
the player that might affect Williams the most is Dorrance Armstrong. So it'll be a battle to me between Dorrance Armstrong and Sam Williams for that starter. Fowler's not going to be a starter. Fowler's going to be a rotational guy, pass rush situational guy. If you get into a, a you know a point where you're up double digits, that's where you can pull a Dorrance Armstrong and you can say, Pinier is back, Fowler, go get him. I think he's a better pass rusher than Dorrance Armstrong. Quality signing, quality re-signing here for the Cowboys. And then, again, the headliner. You know, a couple days ago when the Cowboys brought in three players, including Edoja and Ronald Jones the second, a.k.a. Rojo. He is the headliner of the signings that happened yesterday to me, Cowboys Nation. This is the exact type of signing that I was advocating for when we were having some fun with the Leonard Fournette situation. I truly do believe in, in the Leonard Fournette thing, but it was this type of guy that I was talking about, right? It was it was this type of power runner, downhill, complimentary piece that I wanted the Cowboys to take a look at. Well, Scott, he didn't play much in Kansas City. You're right, you're right. He didn't play much. I don't necessarily think that had to do with him not being good. I think that just had to do with more to do with the situation. Like he was signed there in in his thought process to be the number two guy to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But then Pacheco happened. <laughs> Pacheco is he's a candy man. He's he's a really good young running back. And he came along. Jarek McKinnon was re-signed, a guy that was was integral in there playoff push the year before he's a more versatile guy than ronald jones then you obviously had c uh chi right or ceh my bad you obviously had him who was the starter that he thought he was going to come in and be second too so he just got lost in the sauce and it didn't work out he was pissed off by that by the way <laughs> he was pissed off now he did get a couple opportunities uh, to play not not a lot but he played against the Raiders and you know if you wanted to go look at his film at the end of the year you can see it's not like this dude didn't do what he was brought there to do downhill tough as nails type of runner he runs pissed off you could tell in the damn Raiders game he was pissed off so he's 25 years old he essentially got a year off to refresh as a running back who, by the way, he was a part of a duo in Tampa where they won the Super Bowl. He helped them win a ring. He did a lot of good things for them in that rotation. So I get a young, fresh, pissed off, proven, and a fit type of running back. Man, sign me up. Sign me up to take that to camp and help push this room. Doesn't guarantee he's going to be RB2. It doesn't even guarantee he's going to make the damn team. But I know one thing he won't do, and that's lay down. Ronald Jones is not coming in here to lay down. Ronald Jones is coming in here to try to get a roster spot. He's trying to get a be a part of a rotation. And the last time he was a part of a rotation in Tampa, he was a quality back. And the beauty of signing a guy like a Ronald Jones, 
doesn't stop you from taking a running back in the draft wherever the hell you want. Or any kind of running back you want to take, whether it be another complimentary piece to Tony Pollard, like a Ronald Jones, a power guy, downhill guy, or whether it be another Tony Pollard type of dude who's more of a dual threat. Doesn't stop you from doing any of that. So I think this is a quality bargain bin addition. This dude's not going to move the needle. He's not going to be a hump player. But again, you do need these type of guys. The problem, the issue was never about signing these type of guys. It was about these type of guys not being relied on to get you over the hump. So another one to me where I think Dallas sets themselves up in the draft to do exactly what they want to do, and that's best player available. Now let's get into this chat, man. I see we got Rico on the horn. I'll get to you in a second, but I want to talk to the chat, to the bomb squad. I see how you're feeling about this. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Give me the negatives. I don't want to hear all the good things just because the Cowboys signed him. King G, fumble is what a lot of people say. If you're talking about Ronald Jones Jr., I mean, running backs, man, you really have to be like really bad at something to, to harp on a lot of negatives. Uh, but the negatives with him would be he, he fumbled a little bit. And it ain't like he fumbled a lot. When people came out with the fumble situation, I said, let me go investigate. So he had three fumbles three years ago. Not ideal. He had two fumbles two years ago. I'm sorry, three fumbles in 2019, two fumbles in 2020, two fumbles in 2021. So three, two, and two to me doesn't really shit. I mean, we went through a season where Zeke fumbled six times. We went through a season where DeMarco Murray fumbled like 15 times. So if fumbling a ball two or three times in a year is, is the drawback, hey, man, Tony Pollard fumbled the ball two times last year as well, so or two years ago as well. So I guess that's the one, fumbling. Uh, but but I'm looking at a guy that's a one-year vet minimum type of deal. It's, it's really hard to point a whole lot of negatives uh, to a 25-year-old, healthy, hungry, kind of, I don't want to say one-trick pony, but a specific type of running back. It's not like it's all Skittles and rainbows and this guy's a pro bowl running back or anything like that, but he's a, he's a rotational running back. If that's the negative you want to go with, he's not a, he's not a starting guy that you're going to lean on 15 to 25 times a game. No, 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 no. He's probably a guy. If he is your RB two, that you'll give the rock to 10, 12 times goal line, short yardage situation. And he run hard. He run hard. So, I don't think there's a there's a lot to not like about bringing in a Ronald Jones Jr. I don't. Yeah. What up, Slim? Let y'all tell me. Uh, or I think it was King G. What is your your negative uh, about the Ronald Jones? If it's the fumbling, yeah, I can't. Well, all right, cool. Yeah, he fumbled a couple times the last couple years, but I just don't see too much from it. Uh, Edoja. If there's a negative with Edoja, I mean, I don't think he's a reliable starter. I wouldn't rely, like, I wouldn't go into this draft and just be like, well, we don't need to draft a left guard or left side player because we got Edoja. But I think he's a he's a backup. He is a backup left guard. I don't want to put him at tackle. I think he, I think his size is strange for a tackle. 6'3", 308 pounds is a strange size for a tackle. But, uh... Yeah, no, I think Edoge is a backup guy that I wouldn't want to rely on as a as a starter. That would be my my quote unquote negative about signing him. Reek, how you feeling about the latest moves, man? 
It was going on, Skies going on, Cowboy Nation. What's up with you? Uh, I like the the Fowler, the Fowler move. I like that a lot. Uh, the running back that's yet to be seen. He he has some experience, so I do like that about him. You know, what I mean, he won two Super Bowls, so he has experience. He, yeah, he, got some he know tape. what it takes to go win one. Yeah. Yeah, my, my my thing with the Cowboys, man, just let's let's lock in on this offensive line, man. You know what I mean? It's offensive line, it's defensive line. If we can lock in there and get uh, get another young dude up there to go with uh, Smith, we 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 cooking with some grease, man. You know, and hopefully uh, Terrence still comes back healthy, uh, work back uh, work back to who he, what he was uh, last year. We cooking with some grease because that, that's the main thing for me with the running backs, man, is uh, can his offensive line make make holes for him, you know what I mean, for them to run through. And I'm cool with that, you know. I'm happy that they're not uh, talking about making Tyron Smith a starter because I, I just don't, you know, when he came back last year, I didn't really see him opening up uh, running lanes and stuff like that for these, for these running backs. And, uh, you know, he's keeping that clean much as he can. But, uh, you know, I, I respect that, but I really believe we need to get uh, better in the trenches. I really believe if we're gonna go through this West Coast offense. You gotta have, you gotta get better, better and t- tougher in the trenches and be able Let's to be honest. run downhill at people. Let's be honest. Any offense you want to be better in the trenches. True, yeah. true. Any true. offense. There's there's true. no there's no outlier to it that that you got to be even better. Because of this style of offense, you got to be better in the trenches. Period. If you're bad in the trenches in any offense, you're just—it's not going to work. There you, there you done. You know, I, I just want to see Dak clean. You know what I mean? Because, because I, I honestly believe Dak Prescott is by eye by the eye test. He's one of the best play action quarterbacks in the league when he when he's cooking. He got the running game going. And he can throw downfield. And now we got a, a deep threat with CD Lamb and Gallup. Man. <laughs> And Ferguson, yo man, I, I just hope I, I just my thing is like this. Like I was saying to you, you were watching yesterday. A lot of people don't understand with this whole Dawson Schultz thing. Dawson Schultz was trying to act like he was Ferguson them when he came back. He was trying to act like he can uh, juke or outmove somebody. Like man, just do what you do and get down, man. You can't. You don't got them. You don't got them nuanced moves like these dudes, man. You can't get away from nobody, dog. Slow down. You had a pro- down with all that. You had a problem with Dalton Schultz huh? when he came back. My thing is like this. Like I, I said yesterday, I think that he came back too fast because he started to see, and I understand he wanted his contract, uh, but he started to see. The young dudes started to get a little bit more confident when they was getting out there a little bit more. When he right, was but gone. I'm trying to, I'm trying to. You know what I mean? But are you saying you had an issue with his play when he returned? Is what I'm getting at. What I had an issue with was Dak Prescott trying to force us to do the ball all the time. I, you I, know, what I mean? it's sometimes right. bad situations. <laughs> so that that was my thing with Schultz, man. Right, but you know, but, I want the offense. But, the, all right. but what you're saying sounds like you believe he rushed back too fast. He tried to be like Ferguson and Hendershot, which to me sounds like you're saying he wasn't good. That's why I'm trying to ask you, like, was, yes or no question. He, he, he was decent. He was a decent tight end. He yeah, a decent yeah, tight end. Yeah, I think he was good when he returned. He was, so decent. I was trying to figure out yeah, where he wasn't decent. he good when he returned. I thought he, was, thought he was pretty good. Oh, I never said he wasn't good, but I just felt like he was trying to do stuff that we wasn't normally used to him doing. You know what I mean? A little bit. But other than that, I wish him well with the Texans. 
But it's it's the Fergus Shot and Henry Shot show right right now. Fergus Shot Henry that, That's what I'm rolling. Yeah, and, and uh, what's what's the other dude? The third uh, tight end. McHugh. It's show now, man. So yeah, McHugh. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm that's what I'm waiting for. But I like how. But I, to answer your question, I do like how this team is building up for something. It seems like we're building up for something more than just a, just being in the playoffs. I want to make a playoff run. <laughs> Deep yep. into the playoffs, that's what you build the team for. But yeah. like you, I'm gonna um, sit back and listen, Sky, and I'm gonna holler at you. All right? Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Rick. Let's get uh, uh all right, I yeah. don't know what to call you anymore, man, because because you're you're no longer toxic. Is is, is it still toxic, or we want to roll with all in time? Sky, I've not been this excited since 2003 when <laughs> the Cowboys lured the tuna out of retirement and. Where are my manners? Good morning. Good and morning, uh, like your Sunday school shirt with the commander colors looking <laughs> good in the YMCA locker room. Or the star, my bad, the star. I didn't know YMCA star locker room. I take that. <laughs> and I've been wanting to call in. My mother-in-law has been in town, and she's a lovely woman, but I don't want her to see this 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 evil, toxic, or, you know, vile, like, just seeing how this team gets me sometimes. Yeah, but, uh, but, but you feel better now, though. <laughs> like Smeagol with the ring when it talks about the Cowboys. You see me cowering in the corner just hating Jerry Jones. But uh, overall, I'll put it to you like this. There's an older movie that was out now, I can't believe it's older, called Drumline with Nick Cannon back when it only had like three kids. And um, there's a saying in there with the director who I believe, it's not Don Cheadle, but he says, one band, one sound. And this is the first time in a long time that I have seen the tone from the top down below. The message is same and congruent. And I look at Mike McCarthy from the beginning of this press conference, from when this whole offseason started to where we are now, and I can honestly say that he's now more of a shit filter, not a shit funnel. So now what he's saying is matching the actions of what this plan was in this offseason was we're going to get Dak help, we're going to – streamline the offense and we're going to get dudes overall i look at the moves that they made in free agency if you look at it just in a vacuum not really impressive i mean they're 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 the same type of moves but if you look at it with the context of everything else around you i absolutely love what the cowboys are doing because you're hedging your risk and people who are upset at ronald jones you got a cheap running back I know that's a new and foreign concept to a lot of Cowboy fans, but this is what you want to do because when a running back gets hurt, instead of just relying on one dude who's just your entire offense, which is what happened in San Francisco, you have now a committee that if one guy goes down, you hedged that risk, you still have one or two dudes that can still keep this offense flowing. That is the whole idea of getting rid of Ezekiel Elliott. And I know it hurts. Get jersey insurance next time, but – this is the smart decision to do. And one other guy I will say that we should get looked into is PZ Alfuego and Ryan Nall bring those dudes back. So other than that, Man. I just want to say I am absolutely ecstatic that the Cowboys either hired a general manager secretly or that they finally realized that their stupid program doesn't work. Maybe this Mike McCarthy dude knows what he's doing, and let's give these guys everything they can to go win a damn Super Bowl. I know Cowboy fans are tired, and they are tired of just losing the same way. 
if I'm here not being toxic about it, trust the process. This is completely different, and they are actually doing it, dare I say, the right way. Wait, and you, that's all I really wait, wanted wait, to no, say. No, 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 no. Can you repeat that last thing you said? Was it different? About that, different? This, this right here is different, 100%. I, I can't remember the last time the Cowboys went out we went and made trades that not only were good – Talk but they said. also made the team better. Those two trades are probably the best two trades the Cowboys have made. And wow, wow, I can't. Maybe Sir, when I hear Robert you say Quinn, something's different, fam, that speaks volumes. Yeah. yeah, get excited because barring the injury gods, I just I love the fact that they are listening to Mike McCarthy. And if Mike McCarthy has a plan. I'm not going to question it because you brought him in here to do this job. Stop giving him little pips from you know camp and shit. Yeah. Stop giving him Karen Moore. Stop telling him he needs to play Zeke. Get out of the office, Jerry. Let me do my job so you can then ride the coattails with someone else. But other than that, thank you all, and uh, bring back Ryan Nall. Yeah, you, you thought you was going to sneak that one in there without me saying something. No. And, you know, Ryan Nall. Uh, who's the kid from uh, North Dakota State? That 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 uh, fullback. Y'all could also give me a couple of the fullback listings as well, uh, names. But but pff, I think the fullback might come back, man. I think the fullback might come back. That's a Mike McCarthy special. He likes the fullbacks, and uh, you know I ain't mad at it. If, if we're going to use the fullback like they use the fullback in San Francisco, now I'll be I'll be a little upset if we use the fullback. Like uh, Kellen Moore used the fullback, the cat from the Raiders, Owale. I feel like I'm saying it wrong, but but y'all know what I'm talking about. Came in here, had like two receptions, didn't do much. No, 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 no. If we're going to get a fullback, you got to get a fullback and use him correctly. Other than that, leave it alone. Leave it alone. DJ. What's good, DJ. Hey, good morning, Scott. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, man. Good moves happening, man. Talking to y'all about them. What up? Man, that's 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 the thing. That's why I called in this morning. Number one, I didn't expect Tom of all people to say it's different. It's different. You right. know, I'm used to being the one that's <laughs> 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 that one. But um but yeah, I mean like we said, uh, like we've been talking about, now they can just round out the roster, and then that's what they're doing. At this point, like, cool, it's Ronald Jones. It's I don't know how to say the dude's last name at left guard. Edoja. Whatever. Like, that's cool. Edoja. Like, cool moves. They're not swinging me one way or the other, but, but we're used to nothing happening, and then we sign Ronald Jones and Edoja. Like, that's, that's what it normally is. Right. And now we had all this stuff to stack on top of it. So, like, these moves are the moves I'm used to seeing, right? Oh, cool. Like, Ronald Jones was a cool player, you know, for five years. But, you know, he's on the back end of the running back life cycle and all that kind of stuff. We bring in this random dude that we've never heard of at, at, at O-line. So, like, this is what we're no, we're used to seeing. So, like, cool. Do that, too, because it's it's all about doing everything. The, the, the thing that's different now is that they've done all this stuff prior to this part here. My bad. They talk about Chima Doja Cat because his last name's Edoja. <laughs> but no, I <I'm, laughs> call that man Doja Cat. <laughs> Damn, this chat is crazy. 
Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm all aboard. These type of moves to me, again, like we said when I was breaking them down, are are normal moves most teams make. The difference is the teams that were going for it, they weren't the, they weren't the moves they were relying on. You know what I'm saying? In the past, mm. the Cowboys were relying on these bargain bin dudes, <clears throat> dudes, and hoping to find that that Gucci sweater in Marshalls that somebody you know mistakenly put in the Clarence rack or something. You know, that's what they was trying yeah. to do. Now they're like, nah, we just got to go to the Gucci store and find Clarence at the Gucci store. And that's what they did. They wanted to say, we went to the Clarence right at the Gucci <laughs> store and got me a Brandon Cooks at the Gucci store and got me a Stefan Gilmore. Ain't nothing wrong with that now. Come on. Yeah, yeah. They, they went and got from last year's spring collection. Yeah. Instead of this year's spring collection, you know it's a little, it's yeah, a little bit you cheaper. Find a sales racket, yeah, yeah, that's all right. As long as you're doing that at the specific <laughs> store, now you go shop at, you know, Marshalls and hit the Clarence rack every year. You're gonna run into some problems. You're gonna find a hole in your shirt oh, where yeah. you ain't expected to be. I mean, they, they that's giving them too much credit. I mean, they've been at Goodwill for about five years. Like <laughs> that's what they've been Hand doing. Hand me downs. They be going Salvation Army, you know. Can I have, please, please, sir? May I have some more? Like that's what it's been. But um, the last thing, and I'll let you go, brother, is this whole wide receiver thing. Um, now it's not a whole thing for everybody. I said it like it's it's a thing that's out there. But what I meant is, do you still want to address the wide receiver position, even if it's less? Let's say you don't go. JSN or uh, or QJ in the first round, right? Yeah. But you know, Jalen Hyatt, Tank Dale, somebody like that. Are you still trying to address it? I still feel like it's a place of need, not because it's a necessity as far as right now, but like let's say this Brandon Cooks thing is only a, uh, only a two year thing, right? And then the, the last two voidable years, they go ahead and and go out of it, or do you just kind of do purely BPA throughout the whole draft? You 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 don't you don't have to say no to either of that, right? Because you put yourself in position. But what I will say is, I would like to know what their future thoughts are on for Brand are for Brandon Cooks, and maybe that restructure gives us that answer. Maybe this is okay. We're going to go two years with Brandon Cooks, right? And if you are legitimately going to go two years with Brandon Cooks, you could talk yourself out of having to take a wide receiver early, right? You you can say I got my guy C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb and Brandon Cooks for the next two years. And, you know, Michael Gallup's kind of that wild card that, you know, either he can step up or step back, you know, whether it be he's going to be a quality three guy or he's going to be a quality trade trade the partner for somebody else. Uh, so I think it depends on how they view Brandon Cooks. And if that restructure is any indication, maybe they look at it as CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks for the next two years, and then let's see what happens after that. Um, in that case, I think the thought process would be, look, if our wide receiver one falls to us, or wide receiver two falls to us, maybe, right? Then, then, then yeah, you have that conversation. But mm-hmm. if, if we're picking at wide receiver four versus DT one or two, wide receiver four versus uh, O-tackle, you know, three or four, then I think you, you, you can talk yourself out of taking that wide receiver and, and saying we'll just grab a specialty player, a uh, specific type of player on day two or three of the draft, right? Round three or four, we'll get that slot guy. Round, round three or four, we'll get that – that developmental guy, because we do still have, you know, the Jalen Tolberts sitting on a roster that can develop as well. So it all really depends on how they view Brandon Cooks, I think. If they view Brandon Cooks, DJ, as a one-year and done, then I don't think you can ignore wide receiver. Well, yeah, that, that that was my next thing, and uh, was that 
if they if they don't address it this year, right, which they don't have to, right? right. They've earned the right to not have to address really anything outside of D tackle as of right now. Well, I'll say early. Uh, right, we're talking about so, early. Right? As yeah, just, early. I don't think you want to just Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not take a position in general, you know, for seven rounds. I mean, you could take a wide receiver at some point. But anyway, go ahead. Oh well, yeah, I mean, at some point there's going to be a wide receiver that you like, an old lineman that you like, right. that's still on the board. But I mean, to make a focus on in like let's say the first sixty to ninety picks, right? Like the top one hundred, you're really trying to address. Top yeah, top one hundred. Yeah. But um, if they don't do it this year, I do want them to do it next year, and I know that's a future conversation, right? But um, just because the long-term side of things, right? Because CD, CD's going to be coming up. You're going to have to pay him. Micah's going to come up, all that kind of stuff. So just to have those secondary pieces that are more quality than what Michael Gallup was, well, right? Michael Gallup at his best was a legit number two. DJ, it, you can. there was still – It's a conversation that we'll have to have next year because I, I, I bet you your tune would change drastically if Jalen Tober shows that, you know, he, he contributes – 32 catches, you know, 450 yards, three touchdowns. I think your tune would change. As a, you know, reserve guy, a guy who stepped in when somebody got hurt or a guy who stepped up in a game or two, I think you'll say, all right, we've seen, we got Jalen Tober tape that shows us that he can be a part of that three-headed rotation um, if, if we need him to be, right? Then I think you say, well, maybe I don't need to take, unless, again, a stud falls. I don't need to take a receiver early. So I think that's a conversation we just have to pick up next year if if your thought process is. If they yep. don't do it this year, we got to do it next year. Maybe they don't got to do it next year. Maybe Jalen Tobert rises to the occasion. Maybe Michael Gallup, you know, comes back and Michael Gallup is is an is a 806 touchdown red zone demon. Then you don't got to touch receiver at all in that top 100 next year. So I think we just got to put a pin in next year if they don't do it this year. If they don't do it this year, we got to wait to see how it plays out. Fair, fair, fair. I, I, I guess my, my whole mantra is, is that you at least need to draft wide receiver high every other year just because of rotation. Not so much. It's kind of like O-line, but not as drastic or consistently needed, right? But I think it's something that you do address every other year. Um, but outside of that, but I know you got other people. I'll let you go. Hey, no, good call. And, and definitely made me think there. Appreciate you, DJ. Yeah, yes, uh, I mean, look. Michael Gallup, wide receiver three, with Brandon Cooks as two and Lamb as one. I like it. I like what we got here. You know, Jalen Tobert, uh, and you add a guy somewhere day two or three of the draft that fits a specific role, pushes a Javante Turpin, pushes a Jalen Tobert, a semi, or what have you. Man, the room is is immensely improved. It's it's improved in general, right? Like, from last year to, to this year without Brandon Cooks because year two of uh, Michael Gallup. But you had a Cooks. You had year two coming off ACL, ACL surgery, Michael Gallup. The wide receiver room is so much better. Um, I agree, though, you know, don't stop adding guys. But it is something to think about. Like, what is your future outlook on a Brandon Cooks? Is it a two-year situation? Is it a one-year situation? I think that does affect what you want to do uh, in the draft. I feel like it's a two-year situation, though. With that restructure, it feels like two years. It feels like they're saying, all right, we got 29, 30-year-old, uh, Brandon Cooks and 30 and 31 year old Brandon Cooks and then we're moving on we're moving on at a good price too by the way at a damn good price and I think I heard Law say something that that, that I absolutely love here you can take all these guys to develop but you don't want to have a roster full of dudes 
a room full of dudes, I should say, a room full of wide receivers that have to keep developing, right? You don't want that. Yeah, one or two of those dudes, you're like, yeah, you know, we're developing this guy. He's our fourth and fifth dude. But you don't want anybody in your top three really to be developing to the point where you, you don't trust them. But you got to put them out there, Dennis Houston, because you don't got anybody else. Jalen Tobert. You know, you want them to be able to develop underneath guys that you trust and that are proven and that can provide something while these guys are learning. So I agree with with law in that situation. I don't want to have a room full of six wide receivers and and, and four of those dudes are developing. And one of the other guys finally developed into a receiver in year six. I'm good off that. Get me the studs in my top three and get me the other guys that are developing as we go. And maybe that third guy is a, is a specialty dude. It doesn't have to be asked to do a whole lot, but I don't want a whole bunch of Jalen Tobert's. No offense to Jalen. I'm just saying year one, Jalen Tobert's wasn't ready. He said, I was just wasn't ready, man. Dennis Houston wasn't ready. Um, Let's review these moves real quick. What time is it? 923. Yeah, let's go ahead and review some of these moves and uh, then we'll, we'll get back into the lines. We're just going to Go over what has happened uh, here over the last couple weeks for the Cowboys. I'm going to start with the money moves, right? How the Cowboys reworked some of these contracts, restructured some of these contracts, and obviously released guys. Uh, the one that's not on here is kind of the one that sparked the Cowboys offseason, if we're keeping it a bean. And we're talking about Michael Gallup, who they restructured his deal, created $7 million in cap. And next thing you know, boom, we get a massive trade. Then a couple days later, they rework Demarcus Lawrence's deal. Created about eight to nine million dollars in cap space. They reworked Tyron Smith's deal. Pretty much ripped that up. And he's on a one year heavy incentive laden deal where I believe the term I saw was unlikely to reach. Meaning likely a backup. Has to play a specific number of snaps. He's already a hurt guy. So they don't believe he'll reach it anyway. And then the move that will affect the Cowboys cap June 2nd is Ezekiel Elliott. They released Zeke. Created a bit of a hole at running back. But a position that I believe is easier to replace in any position in the National Football League. Replaced or Released Zeke. They'll get about $11 million on the cap June 2nd. These moves right here set up the Cowboys essentially to make these moves. And I'll call these the hump moves. Traded the fifth round pick to go get Stephon Gilmore. Boom. Your cornerback too. It improves. Your depth, it improves. Also doesn't stop you from taking a corner in the top 100 if you want to. Because Gilmore, unlike Cooks, is not on a multi-year deal. He's here for a season, but he's here for a damn reason. And that's to go for this thing. And this was the move where we talked about it when it happened. It was the only move where we said, look, if you wanted to look at anything that gave you an indication that there may be something else happening, a significant something else, it was the fact that they went out and got a Stefan Gilmore. Not because of the compensation, but because of the money. They got a guy. They got a former defense player of the year, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler, all pro. Still playing at a high level. It's going to cost you 
more money than they're used to spending at the position. They're paying him like $10 million in cash this year. A couple days later, they get cooking. Traded their fifth and sixth round pick. Opened up some more cap. And went out and got Brandon Cooks. Your wide receiver, too, improves. It is these moves, if we're being honest with ourselves, that has Cowboys Nation collectively excited. And you should be. Kool-Aid, whatever the hell you want to call it. Flowers, whatever the hell you want to call it. You, you should be drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. Now, I ain't pouring it all. I ain't pouring a gallon of Kool-Aid or anything like that. I ain't throwing no parade uh, for the front office or anything like that. But you can take a sip of that Kool-Aid and you can give some credit to the front office. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, is the work done? No, work's not done. Work's not done. Now, before they did any of that, before they did any of that, they focused on bringing back the guys that mattered the most to them. That was re-signing LVE. That was re-signing Donovan Wilson. And that was franchise tagging Tony Pollard. Donovan Wilson was one of your most productive defensive players last year. An absolute beast. You know how I feel about Dono. LVE showed his value when he went out last year. Dan Quinn loves LVE. But what I do find fascinating about LVE returning, I don't think he got what he thought he was going to get on open market now for the second year in a row. It's a very cheap contract, similar to the one he had last year. Cheaper than I thought. I believe it's like a two-year, was it $8 million, Cowboys Nation? So his value to the rest of the league is probably not as high as his value is to Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. Also, doesn't stop you from drafting a linebacker in the top 100 to push this linebacker room. Or signing another guy. But I don't think that's going to happen. And the one that kind of set all this off was the Cowboys franchise tagging Tony Pollard. So, you know, tagging Pollard uh, was the very first move that they made. A lot of people are now looking back at it and we're questioning the move. Now I say we because that's Cowboys Nation. I'm okay with the tag. A lot of people are saying, pull that damn thing. The market for starting running backs right now is is $6 million, $7 million. What are we doing? Oh, my God, we're paying $3 million more for for Tony Pollard. Look, if they go on to to sign Tony Pollard to a four-year deal, you know, north of $10 million per year, yeah, now you got a reason to complain. But paying Tony Pollard one year, the $10 million, does not hurt you or stop you from doing anything in free agency. And he's better than the franchise tag guy from last year. We had an issue with tagging Schultz because it was like you could have used that money to go get a dude. Now, Schultz ended up coming back, dealt with some injuries. When when that got back, he was solid. But we never believed Schultz was a Tony Pollard type of guy. Tony Pollard's a dual threat dude. You throw the ball to, you run the ball with. I believe that's worth three more million dollars for a year. So I'm not one of those who are, are going to complain about tagging Tony Pollard for one for one season above market uh, value for this season. Not going to do it. Then they compounded all of these moves by bringing back smaller down roster players you don't really think about, but played played important roles in the Cowboys. And, and this one you should definitely think about. That's Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Comes in, holds the fort down, 
gains the trust of the staff. The playbook's going to change about 30-35%. So Cooper Rush knows most of the playbook. He's comfortable with the, this team. He knows his teammates. He knows this city. knows his franchise. Brought, brought Cooper Rush back. Two years, I think $3 million per. A two-year, $6 million total deal. Also, doesn't stop you from drafting a quarterback in day three if you want to. Or the third or fourth round. I, at this point, the way your team is setting up, I wouldn't waste a pick in the third round of the queue. But... After the top 100, yeah, we have a conversation. Brought back C.J. Goodwin, your best special teams player over the last four years with the Cowboys. Led your, you know, your team in special teams tackles again. A guy, a leader, a veteran that if boss man, fat Kelvin Joseph is just going to be a full-time special teams guy, he needs to be around a C.J. Goodwin. This is the guy you need to be talking to and with. Because if you're going to take over, and I know this sucks, right? Second round pick that's supposed to be your starting quarterback for the foreseeable future turns into being just a special teams dude. But if that's the case over the next, how many years is he on contract? Two more years, because you ain't re-signing no CJ or no Kelvin Joseph, then he needs to be hanging out with a damn CJ Go. Now, apparently, allegedly, you look at the video of, of Kelvin Joseph, he was pissed off. When the Cowboys traded for Stephon Gilmore. It was pissed off. All right. Now take that anger. Go put it in the film room. Take that anger. Go work it out. Take that anger. Go put it on the field. Come back and take somebody's spot. Because right now, brother, you, you, you far down on the roster. Far down on the roster. And then finally yesterday, they brought back. Rico Dowdle, who it feels like every single camp in preseason he impresses, and then every single camp or preseason he gets dinged up. Last time I believe he was healthy and played in the regular season was 2020. Last two seasons he, he got dinged up and wasn't able to play. He's a hurt guy. He's a hurt guy that they like. He's a hurt guy we all end up liking in preseason and training camp because he runs hard. He has some explosion to him. It's tough. Him and Malik Davis were battling for that. So they brought him back. Uh, you're going to need about five running backs in, in, in camp. And right now they have four. And they'll likely draft a guy and sign a couple others and, and see who makes it through to get to mini camp and training camp. So they bring back Rico Dow. That's basically right now your Cowboys offseason in review when it comes to personnel. One of the biggest offseason retainees wasn't a player, though. It was, it was Dan Quinn. Last year, we talked about that being one of your biggest moves. I mean, let's be real. It was your biggest move. You, you signed Ryan, Noah, Dante Fowler, and James Washington. You didn't make any moves. This year, the Cowboys, I think, looked around at the landscape of the league, and they said, coming off another 12-5 and five year, we can't sit on our hands. This is not the way to do it. They sat on their hands last year, and you saw what happened around the league. Other teams, your own rival within your division said, no, we're going to go get dudes. This year, the Cowboys went out and got dudes. So these smaller pieces mean much more. Can't be mad at them. Let's get Los on the horn. What's up, man? Good morning, Scott, man. I hope you're having a great day. Indeed. And, hey, man, it's, a, it's about damn time that these Cowboys have done a good offseason. I mean, it's been a while, Scott, and I'm not just a Cowboys fan. 
Like, I'm a sports fan here in DFW. You know, I'm yeah, a Yeah, you're a big Mavericks fan. Rangers, Mavericks. Yeah, everything, yeah. right? And one thing you see about these Texas teams, especially so far, is like, damn it, they're, they're, they're tired of being unsuccessful. I mean, you see this baseball team we have, they spent the most money out of any baseball team just to get the best pitcher, the best top players we have, just to have a chance to compete. Look at the Mavericks. Yeah, we gave up defense, but damn it, we got Kyrie Irving. You know, and, and it's about time that these Cowboys are trying to do something for themselves rather than for, for their money. Because I understand, Cowboys, the issue is never going to be about making money. You know, we know Cowboys is always going to be America's team, right? But mm. what do we have to show for it? And that was the, that was the most frustrating part with me, Sky. Yeah, we can be America's team. We can be, we can be the, you know, top of the food chain in any business, correct? Sure. But if you're, telling me, if you're telling me that's all we have to prove for it, then, you know, F that. I would rather win a damn Super Bowl in my lifetime and be able to celebrate rather than, oh, hey, hey, for another year in a row, we got the most valuable franchise. Hey, you know, no, it's not about that. So I feel like the Stephen Jones and Jerry's finally waking up like, hey, we, we got to give it back to our fans and you got to appreciate that. And I think, and I think them uh, adding that uh, uh, offensive lineman from uh, Atlanta and getting around the Jones just just clearly gives us more depth on what we need. And I, I'm still not opposed in getting a running back or offensive lineman in the draft. No. But the beauty about it is, like, you can just add more pieces, guys, more more to your offense and more to your defense. And, like, it's, it's going to be a great feeling coming into this year. And I, that's all I have to say about this guy. But one thing I will say is if Mike McCarthy can change this offense to, you know, like, I don't know, but basically take it to where it needs to be, I, I really have, I, I, I don't know, my, my respect towards him is changes drastically, and I, I feel like he has to get the flowers he deserves, and maybe even win Coach of the Year. Who knows? But that's just in my opinion. And peace out, guys. Let's see what this season plays out like. Thanks, man. Appreciate the call, Los. Let me tell you what, you know, he talked about respect for Mike. I definitely have respect for Mike. Honestly, I, you always kind of got to have a little bit of respect for any any coach that got to deal with Jerry Jones. When I say deal with Jerry Jones, let me say Jerry Jones is not a – it's not like Jerry Jones is Dan Snyder. But but deal with an organization where you don't have the power or the control, right? Where I gained some respect with Mike McCarthy is that – excuse my French, ladies. He nutted up. If you don't know what that means, I don't know. He said, okay, look, you, you want to come out? You want to talk about me after the playoffs? Listen, man, I don't, I'm not from Dallas. I didn't play in Dallas. I don't have history with you. I'm not like a stepson, but I ain't going to let you step over me. Mike McCarthy came out and defended himself. Mike McCarthy came out and said, give me my cojones back. I'm not going to let this man make me look like a fool. Nobody in that locker room dislikes Mike McCarthy. He's loved. He's loved in that locker room by these players. I don't even think they feel some type of way about him essentially making a point with Kellen Moore saying, you want to do your thing? Do your thing. I know we'll be fine. I know we'll be good in the sense of we'll, we'll win games. But when he saw what happened in week one, Mike McCarthy said, no, 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 no. We're not going to let you 
completely sabotaged the situation. And I think by doing that, it allowed the Joneses to say, okay, he did step up a little bit. What if we just fell back? What if we let him step up all the way? What could happen? And they were comfortable with doing something they hadn't been comfortable doing in a long time. And that's getting rid of one of their guys, the Jason Garrett, Kellen Moore types. Those are their guys. I don't think they would have done that if Mike McCarthy didn't gain a little bit of trust. So I respect Mike McCarthy immensely. It's not easy to be a head coach here, especially when you're a specialty type of coach, right? You're an offensive guy and they don't let you do your thing. So yeah, 100%. I have a ton of respect for Mike McCarthy. Um, and he should have gained your respect, too, as, as a Cowboy fan last year. You may not have to like him, but I think you got respect. Let me lock these up. Lock these up. We got a couple numbers I'm not familiar with. Let's see if we can get them saved. Uh, 757, what up, though? 757, you are live. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, Scott? What's up, man? This is Marcus with a K, with a K man. I miss you guys. I miss you and Jesse um, after the Philadelphia event at our Texas Live. Okay, it's hard to I hear. It's hard to hear a little bit. You said you met me and Jesse at Texas Live. Yeah, after the um, after the Philadelphia game. I think I know who you're talking about. I, you met us a couple times, didn't you? No, I mean, I just, I just met y'all at one time because uh, me and from Japan, and uh, I got season tickets, and gotcha. we uh, rolled, rolled down to the game. That, 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 that. I got you, man. Well, appreciate you calling in, man. Yeah, what you got for so, the show? Yeah, um, long-time listener. Well, I, I've been listening to you guys. Well, for about a half a year, not a long time listener, um, and and it's and it's hard to get you guys because and being in Japan, you know, I'm, I'm like a whole day ahead of you. Now. So right now it's like eleven o'clock, eleven eleven, yeah, eleven p.m. All the way Wednesday, from Japan. Wednesday night. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look, man, uh, one of the things I wanted to, to harp on is. The whole thing with, you know, Cowboy hate well, you know, Cowboy fans and how they hate, hate on Dak Prescott. The dude is a straight-up dude. I mean, the thing about it is when you got Dak Prescott out there going to C.D. Lamb and Booze, he's throwing to Noah Who, he's throwing to Dennis Who, he's throwing to everybody else. I mean, even like Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup this year because one he's coming off uh, he's coming off a eight toe injury, so one of the what that's that's probably one of the reasons why old dudes was throwing all those interceptions. You got all of this pressure on him. He's only got two two guys to throw to, and if you look at it, more like we're saying, Kellen Moore is not using using all his weapons like he should. So it's just yeah. like a ton on this on this cat's back, man. And bottom line is, I mean, there's only like one, two quarterbacks in the league that can that can that can fuck that pressure. Yeah, you're that's making one, that's one thing I wanted to, to Well we're gonna have to we're gonna have to end it on that one. 
We're going to end it on that one thing today, brother. Unless your second one's quick, because you're kind of cutting in and out. Is your second one quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second, 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 second. Can you tell me because I, I I haven't heard it from I haven't heard it about it yet. Can you tell me the reason why uh, Jerry or the Joneses got off on Amari Cooper? And I'll I'll hang up and, and well, listen to well, you. Why the that. Joneses got because every, rid of Amari Cooper? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Why they got turned out? Why they got turned off of Amari Cooper? Okay. All right, so you're talking about Dak and the weapons and then why they got turned off on, on Mark Cooper. I mean, pr- appreciate the call. Uh, you still in Japan? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in Japan. I'm in Japan until 25. All right, man. Well, stay safe over there in Japan, sir. Appreciate your support. Man. All right, take these. Scott. Told you, man. Here to save you. Yeah, yeah. We See, look, Cowboys Nation ain't nation. I told you all, we global. We global. Uh, let me try to get what he's talking about here. So, you know, talking about Dak Prescott, you know, the weapons and Kellen Moore and things like that, and only a few quarterbacks. I agree. I think there's only a handful of quarterbacks that, again, we talk about this, not only have to overcome coaches, but overcome your franchise, your your front office, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't, look, that's not a knock on Dak. I don't think he wanted them. And it's hard, bro. That's really hard to do. Um, and I think you just saw all of it come together. The question, when I say come together, not in a good way. I mean, everything that we kind of been talking about over the last few years, right? Whether it be personnel, whether it be uh, game planning, whether it be... And everything just came to a to a head against that San, in that San Fran game. But one of the things, one of the questions that I, I posed throughout the season, when, when we were all, not we, but people out there were all, oh, look at the offense, look at the offense, look at Kellen Moore. If he had a game where he called a good game, we would give him that credit. We probably wouldn't see that type of game for a while, but when it happened again, we'd give him that credit. But but when you got all this data, I came away with the question, well, what happens when your quarterback ain't on, though? Because when I look at a lot of these games where the, where the offensive of, of scheme is, is amazing, your quarterback's on. What happens if he's not? Because it's going to happen. Like the, Your quarterback's not always going to be super great in the playoffs in every single game. Well, he was super great against the against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He wasn't against the Niners, especially when when uh, Tony went down and couldn't rise to the occasion and get it done where he really was just mostly him and, and CeeDee Lamb. So when that happens, can you scheme? That's where I need coaching to step up. I'm not saying I got to coach me a win four times in a row, but you're going to need it. You're going to need it. We talk, I think, I think Jesse says, you know, I need my coaches to win me one game. I, I usually say more than that. But damn sure, at least that one game got to be in the playoffs if you're dealing with injuries and you're dealing with uh, play uh, problems. So my question remained that season. What happens if your quarterback is not on that day? And I think we saw that answer uh, a number of times. We'll see what the question is going to be this year. Different offense. We have no clue what it's going to be. We'll gather the data and then we'll talk about it then. Let's get 615. 615, what up? What's up? Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. Clearly, you couldn't hear me. I don't know what's up with my Bluetooth, man. It works one day, and then it doesn't work the next. Um, Sounds like our offense. What's up, though? uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's all good. (laughs) Um, I called in earlier 
uh, been sitting here waiting because uh, somebody called in and uh, was dogging my dog, Dak. So you know I had to call in talking about Dak don't know how to throw. Dak throws picks, blah, 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 Damn, blah, blah, blah. Damn, who said that? Typical Dak. And uh, what I wanted to get at is, you know, you look at every other quarterback in the league. I understand, you know, Dak Prescott. I understand, you know, a lot of interceptions last year. But I would like you to go back, a uh, caller who did not like Dak Prescott. Oh, and I want I you to go to watch Austin. week one through the very end. To the very end, I'm talking all the way to the San Francisco game. Go rewatch every single game, every throw that Dak Prescott makes. And I want you to tell me how many times outside of C.D. Lamb any of our receivers tried to come back and get that ball. Jeez, how many of them just stood in place and let the DB just jump right in front of them and take the ball. Because it's going to blow your mind and it's going to completely revamp your entire outlook on Dak Prescott. Not only was he throwing into coverage almost every play, throwing into tight windows every play, having to run for his life every play, Dak made that offensive line look better than it was. Oh, come we on, had the man. worst pass protection in the game. <clears throat> Y'all over here hating on Dak Prescott? Get out of here, man. I, I, I get it. It, it. You want to point fingers, but it, it, it is just like Patrick Mahomes said. It takes an entire team mm. to win. When that entire team is not on all six, eight, ten, twelve cylinders, the team's not going to go nowhere. Yeah, Tony Pollard was a big part of that. Yes, Tony Pollard went down. But we had plenty of weapons still that we could have utilized to beat San Francisco. It, it was totally possible. Kellen Moore just called a bad game. I mean, that's just yeah. – it is what it is. Uh, yeah, bad, I hate it. Bad it game, and, and then compounded with Dak not playing at the top of his game. Like, you can't have both of them not on their game. Like, you can't do that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah but it's like hating on Dak ain't going to do it, man. Just, you know, be, be thankful, be grateful, you know, that we're actually getting a decent offseason. You know, uh, like two or three callers ago, the gentleman that called in and said this is the best offseason that we've had. Uh, yeah, I agree. You know, it, it's not typical for us to, you know, go out and pick up a receiver, pick up a big-name corner, you know. I get it. They're, you know, 29, 30. You know, they're they're a little older, but they still got gas in the tank, man. They can still yeah. make plays, and, you know, that, that's all we needed last year. I mean, that, that's it. If we had a second corner and another wide receiver that could – break out in the open and get open and catch some balls, dude, who knows? We could have made it. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they so had, they that, had that's it. That's all I yeah. have to say. Man, good stuff. What's your name? I think you called in before, bro. Oh, yeah. I always call in when yeah. Dak haters get on here. Yeah. Uh, Kobe from you. Tennessee. Kobe. <laughs> yeah, my guy, Kobe from Tennessee. I knew you I knew you sounded familiar. I wasn't able to say your name, but I got you now. Kobe from Tennessee. Oh, Shout yeah. I, out called, to you. I called on here after the Tennessee Titans game Kobe. this year when they was all on here hating on the hating on the boys because that was I my remember. first Cowboys game. And I went to it, and they were sliding all over the field, and people were like, oh, yeah, they suck. I was like, dude, it was wet out there. What are y'all talking about? I remember, man. The white mom of Kobe from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, appreciate, appreciate you, dog. It, man. I'll let you. Yes, sir. We're going to call you the country mamba. How about that? The country mamba Kobe from Tennessee. Spitting. Yeah, man. Look, there's a video going around now that was out already weeks ago. Derek Carr, David Carr, uh, just one clip of it, but of David Carr essentially questioning Kellen Moore's play call. Everyone has done this. Derek Carr, David Carr, I'm sorry, 
Kurt Warner, Emmett, Troy, my many people have come out. But 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 it's Kurt and it was David Carr that actually put the film to it. And the thing is, he was saying in there, if you watch our show, when we do tape Tuesdays or when we have these conversations, we're the same damn things we have been saying all year about the passing game concept. All right. All these hooks and and the, and the routes that they weren't really running. These elementary passing game concepts that teams were just sitting on. Just, what is this? There's nothing. And then you compound that with players that couldn't separate. Players that, aside from CeeDee Lamb, you, you had to scheme open because they ain't those type of guys. Just makes things difficult, man. And even with all that said, even with all that said, I come on here and say, I know... I know it's difficult, but four, you got to make it happen. You got to make it happen. And it didn't work that way. But if you didn't see it, go go on Twitter, type in David Carr, it'll pop up, or go on YouTube and watch this whole breakdown. He talks about Dak in there as well. But that specific clip, like two minutes, three minutes, whatever it is, he's talking about the, the, the routes. He's talking about the lack of concept, the lack of separation, all the hooks. And just it just didn't make sense. And that's why I think just a small switch – to a more West Coast style of offices. I remember a caller called in and said, man, you, you really think a West Coast going to help Dak? Yes. Immensely. It's not just going to help Dak. It's going to help these receivers, man. They don't have to think so much. You know, it, it's going to bring some unpredictability from a route concept standpoint. It's going to stress out these safeties now because a Brandon Cooks is here to do so. So, I look, man. There's not too many things I like to guarantee this early, but I'm damn near close to guaranteeing you're going to see a downtick in the turnovers and an uptick in the efficiency in the passing game. Not that he wasn't efficient, but you, you'll see both of those things because of one small move. Allow Mike McCarthy to run his offense, which historically is easier for the quarterback and easier for the receivers. That's simple. All right, we got 602, then CJ, and then we're going to jump into the chat and the uh, Super Chats. What's up, 602? Skywalker still. what's going on, bro? Yes, sir. Good morning. Who this? It's DP Johnson, man. What's oh, up with you, Steele? Finally, DP. I can save your number. That way I know it's you and I can get you up in here. What's good, DP? Oh man, I'm good, bro. Just uh, you know, I'm I'm still kind of kind of feeling like I'm in a cloud here, bro. Yeah. This, this is like a, a two week dream that I don't want to wake up from just yet. Can you imagine if, if they go get those one text that 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 we want? Oh man, I'm. Oh man. Jungle beats. Holla yeah, bro. <laughs> like, like no, nah, I mean we still got Hank out there. We got Aishan sitting out there. I think Shelby Harris is still out there. Like Hicks, yeah, bro. I'm, forward, I'm excited right now. Al Woods. There's a there's a whole bunch of them that you know we don't got a trip that it hasn't happened because there's a lot of them out there that you can get for cheap probably this week next week. Yeah, yeah, and I, and, and quite honestly, like I've been kind of trying to put it out there. I think that a lot of us uh, in Cowboys Nation uh, are are still somewhat trained um to to old uh old school thinking you know uh we have rob marinelli here for so long and he was always talking about having his penetrating three tech his penetrating three tech 
and everybody is all that's that that seems like that's all they they life for. They go Google Gaga over that guy Carter coming out in the draft. You know what I mean? Um, he's the same as Olson. We got penetrated three tests. What we don't have is run stuff. Uh, I mean, we got one, and he's a free agent right now. We we need one stuff. That's why I want Mazzy, bro, or Mazzy. Yeah, Mazzy, I, 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 I said it in I don't know how many different chat rooms and posts. Like, if it was left up to me, I'd take him at 26. Same here, bro. I think having, and simply having an athletic one tech would change our defense more than any other position that we can draft right now. And, and quite honestly, being that the defense is the strength of the team, that means that we're improving the team more Come on. than any other one pick. So Mozzie's my pet cat. Come on. Look, look, DP, I'm trying, I'm trying not to attach myself emotionally to this guy because that's the practices that I've been doing since the uh, uh, Taco Charlton. Uh, I got emotionally attached to TJ Watt and my heart got broke. So I said from now on, you know, especially since I'm you know, doing this as a, a full-time thing, I don't want to get emotionally attached to anybody, but, but man, no, it, it's I, hard I here because it feels realistic, DP. And it not only is it does it feel realistic, but I feel like it can just have this domino effect on your defense, man. And like you said, I, I, this is excellent. I think I'm gonna use this. I think he's he's one of those picks yeah. that will have uh, more of an impact than any. Because yeah, think about and it. As I've been watching the team. Yeah, and as I've been watching the team since the season ended, I can't help but feel like um like like Big Mike really won, bro. Like he he was able to step in put uh you know, at the end of the season meetings and tell him, Okay, we tried it your way. I y'all took away, you know, Coop and uh, other than C D Lamb, all our receivers are ranked down like in the eighties in terms of separation. And because yeah. of that, my quarterback's throwing in tight windows all day, and a guy who's top 10 in touchdown-interception ratio for his career is now being talked about as being turnover-prone. Like, Jerry, that funny? that's enough. Let me make this work. Yeah. Ain't that funny. And I think that's why we're starting to see a bunch of different things, and I, I just hope and pray. Like, I don't know what – I think Russell Maryland was the last defensive tackle we took first round. Like, please, man, give me Mozzie. That's 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 all I'm hoping for, man. Mozzie to me is is is, is, is if they if they took, they got Mozzie, bro. I could turn the draft off for the whole weekend. I wouldn't even I care. I feel you. I feel, I feel you, fam. I don't care what they do after that. Tell me the picks. I look them up. We'll study them. We'll come back on on Monday and we'll have a ball. But if they get him, yeah, I think I'll uh, I have a party, man. ADP. Yeah, no, I mean it. Yeah. Go go ahead. Go ahead. In closing. I was just going to say, uh, you know, I think that um, Mike McCarthy is going to end up uh, being the one doing the drafting this year. I think DQ pretty much filled out his side of the roster with Brady's uh, one tech. And I think they're going to let Mike rebuild his offensive line, maybe add a couple of running backs and a tight end at some point. Um, but I'm happy with what we're doing right now. It's exciting. And uh, I just want to thank you for giving me time to, to say what was on my mind. Always, fam. Always. Appreciate you, DP. Keep spitting that truth in these comments, too. All right, Scott. Salute. Yes, sir. You have a good one. You, too. Say, man, I didn't get a chance to, 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 to read. Let me close it out. I didn't get a chance. I'll get to that question in a second, no cap. I didn't get a chance to read the comments earlier, so I'll, I'll reiterate this part because I want to hear what, what y'all got to say um, 
about this and if this makes sense to y'all, right? Like, the Cowboys have not really invested on the interior defensive line really ever. I mean, we, we can say uh, Tristan Hill in the second round, but I think we all agreed that was a massive surprise and, yes, reach because a lot of people viewed Tristan Hill not just later in the draft, but the next day, you know? The, the next day in the draft, and he came with red flags, right? Yeah, he was a pass rushy guy. But for the most part, they don't invest in those dudes early. And when you look around, a lot of people say, man, you can find run stuffers. You can find... That's true. You can find a guy who's just going to play 15 snaps to, to hold up guys, right? You can find that. But what if you can find a guy who can do more, who can do that and more? What if you can find a dude who can do that and more? You got to get them guys early. So I listed off a list of guys if you didn't believe me. Chris Jones, second round. Justin Simmons, first. Vita Vea, first. Quinnen, first. Dexter Lawrence, first. Doris, uh, DeForest Buckner, first. Jonathan Allen, first. Deron Payne, first. Christian Wilkins, first. Dalvin Tomlinson, second. Ed Oliver, first. Well, Scott, what about DJ Reader and Javon Hargrave? Yeah, third round, fifth round. Not saying it's impossible. Not saying this is the end-all, be-all. Aaron Donald, first. But if you go look at a lot of the, the best or better defensive tackles in this league, whether you want to call them one-text, three-text, dual-text, meat-text, whatever you want to call them, they dudes. They dudes, and you, you got to take dudes early. 26, man. We not picking that six. We had 26. And my other question was, well, if you look at Mozzie Smith as a second rounder, I don't think picking that 26 is a reach. Because you're looking at second round graded players anyway. So you, you want one? You want a Dexter? You want a Buckner? You want a Jones? You want a Simmons? You better be taking one in day one, for the most part, or day two. That's all I'm saying, man. Now, obviously, we could probably find a list of round four and five guys that have went on to make a Pro Bowl or two in the last five to six years. But mind you, I'm talking all these guys are guys that were drafted in the last like, what, decade, maybe less, dec less than a decade, last like six, seven, eight years. So I'm not even going back to the Fletcher Coxes of the world, right? We're not even going back that far. I mean, historically speaking, they used to take these boys. I remember Marcel Darius. See, almost, almost compared uh mozzie to darius and i wanted to relax because darius was a legitimate pass rush guy as well i i just i just have this feeling y'all that that mozzie's going to come into this league and he's going to he's going to be a guy that gets you four or five sacks uh, at least with dallas i think he could get you four or five sacks in dallas for sure because he's got d law he's got tank uh he's got uh uh micah he'll have dorance he'll have d uh Dante Fowler, Sam. Ooh, he got a lot of pass rushers to push that pocket to him where he's already pushing the pot. So I almost comped his ass to, to Marcel Darius. But Marcel Darius, top five guy. Obviously, Russell Maryland's of the world. Pat Washington's of the world. You know, all these guys that were, they used to take these boys higher because the league was a bit different back then. Yes, the league has changed. But damn, there are all these dudes I named to you are dudes at what they do, whether it be one thing or they can do other things to help your team as well. That's why you, that's why they go high, even in the passing league. That's why they go high. 
Yeah, you can resign. You can resign Hankins. You can resign Hankins and still take Mozzie Smith. Because when you take a guy like Mozzie Smith, this isn't again a, a one-year reclamation project, just throwing bodies at the position. Dallas been throwing bodies at the position for how long? Since Jay Ratliff. And what do we do every year, Cowboys Nation? We come back right at this time and say, hey, man, we got to get one of these one techs, or we got to get one of these run stuffers, or we got to get a defensive tackle every year. But what if I told you you could take a guy that you don't got to say that every year? Take the chance, man. Take the chance. All right, CJ, close us out. What's going on, Scott? What's up, man? Hey, so, a couple weeks ago, we was talking about how the front office was so quiet. Well, nobody say nothing. Was so what now? Man, tell me, at the, at, about a couple weeks ago, they were saying the front office was quiet. Wasn't nobody hearing nothing. Jerry wasn't saying nothing. The only thing we were hearing was OBJ. And look how it came out. Sure. Look, how, look how it played out. So, my thing is, the front office needs to shut up for now on. But, uh, <laughs> they always need thing, to shut uh, up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see us actually making a move by the trade deadline during the season also because of the way that we're approaching it this year. Last year, they waited to the last minute to do everything. So, if there's any hope that we need to fill, I see – I see us doing it during the season again. Well, that's, what do you think about that? I, I, I love that thought process, CJ, because if you look at the last couple seasons or really probably last half decade or so, you'll see a couple Super Bowl teams who made in-season acquisitions that helped get them over the hump, right? And, yeah. and, and I know Dallas has done yeah. that with, um, you know, the, the Michael Bennett and Hankins of the world. But, you know, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, y'all, I know Tampa brought back the tight end. They, they, they went out and got uh, – Antonio Brown, um, Philly went out and traded for Lagarius Blunt. Uh, I think it was Blunt. Yeah. I think they traded for him. We we know what the Rams did, right? We understand what the Rams did last year. What Philly did last year. What Kansas City did. They they kept acquiring guys yeah. throughout the season that helped them get to where they needed to be. So that's something to keep an eye on. The Cowboys have done it. They've signed a Bennett. Yeah. They, they've they traded for a you know Bennett. They traded for a Hankins. But I wouldn't be shocked. Based off of how they moving this year, if if they feel like, hey, there's a there's a tier two guy just dangling out there, we can get for a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick if they pull that trigger. Yeah, yeah. and it's two names that I can see on the trading block this year, and that's Da Lawrence Armstrong. He started out good last year. Towards the end of the season, he wow. started falling off a lot. That 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 can be some draft picks back in our pocket. And well, season. So, wait, wait, wait. So, you, so you're saying? Oh, oh, wait, wait. So you're saying trade Da during the season or pre before the season? Either one. See, I wouldn't move him during Either the season one. unless I'm moving him during the season for a better player at a position I might need. Because once you get to the season, yeah. you need you need your, you need your guys, right? But but before yeah. the season, if you look at it as all right, we brought back Dante Fowler. We think Sam Williams could be our starter. I can move Da for a fourth round pick. I I, I think I might I might pull that trigger. Uh, if it means Sam Williams is my starter. And another person to look at is uh I might be I might be greedy trying to get the third, but go ahead. Yeah, and another person you can look at trading is surface during the season. 
Because what if he doesn't fit in this West Coast offense? What if he doesn't fit? We we won't need him. We we got we got the cooks. We can find somebody sure. to to do kick return. And um, I got one more thing, Scott, and I'm gonna let you go. Um, nobody's talking about the players that we have picked up this year that had. I said it in the chat earlier that have uh, Super Bowl rank. That experience in the locker room during playoff time will be a tremendous help. Tremendous help. Thank you, Jones. Thank you, Gilmore. Thank you, Cook. You know what I'm saying? Those guys have that playoff experience. Last year when we when we got into the playoffs, who had the experience? Yeah. It wasn't that many guys. It wasn't. So a lot of these guys was going there butt naked into the into the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Not not knowing what they had in front of them. Yeah, we went through the first round, but what about the second round? What about the championship? Well, when we, when we talk about playoff experience, we're talking about Super Bowl experience. Let's just be honest. We're talking about championship experience. They, they know yeah. they've been a part of – they know what it takes to get there. They've been a part of winning it, at the very least, getting there. So, so that's what we talk about when we say super, uh, playoff experience. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think that's going to be a big thing this year. Because, I mean, we don't have no problem getting there. We just got to get to the championship. And I'm, a, I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm not saying nothing until we get to the championship. Because two years, we were saying, this feels different. This feels different. And we, we got to the playoffs and we lost. I tell you, I tell you where you're right about is that we might have said it. It feels different, but I, but this is yeah. different. But this is different. This is different. Yeah, this yeah. is different. That's the, I think that's the difference. Yeah. So I mean, we just gotta stay positive and hopefully we can just yeah, stay healthy. Tyron, I just I just need Tyron to go on the field in a big bubble. You know, just a big plastic I just need Tyron to be a backup. That's all I need. Exactly, exactly. All right, Scott, that's all I got for you, man. You look like a substitute with the substitute teacher with the shirt on. That's a good one. I done heard pastor today. I done heard school pictures. Now substitute teacher. That's a good one, man. Appreciate you, Oh, man, I already said in the chat, you look like you were going to jury duty. That's funny you say that. I used to wear this shirt when I used to work for the for the county and, and deal with uh, uh, judges and, and court and whatnot. Hey, dog, appreciate you. That's where you got the law and order. That's where you got the law and order bill from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott, man. Take it easy. Man. Salute. Yeah. Hello, where am my law and order at? Court is in session. I have fun working for that. For, well, I say fun. I, I have fun because of the, the people that I work with and... and the things I got to see, boy, man. Our judge was, put it this way. Our judge could have had his own TV show. Straight up. Could have had his own TV show. If Lee's watching, if if, if my bro Sean is watching, they, they could attest. And he treated the courtroom like it was a TV show. And being up there on that bench with him, man, it was times I had to... Uh, yeah, plead guilty. Yeah. It was hard to be serious with that damn judge. Always cracking jokes. He whisper over to me, "Hey, still, because that's what he called me. Still, still Mill is with 
Hey, still, man. You see her walking. Hey, Judge, you can't be doing that at the... Come on, man. What is somebody recording? I'm not trying to be a part of no scandal. And then what happens? He gets a part of a scandal. One day, reporters come up to the, to the, to the damn window. Bulletproof window goes to tell you where I was at. And... We're like, oh, hey, you, you need a you need a report. You need, you know, normal stuff that usually come in here. They put out that. What do you think about the charges to your judge? Oh, what? Charges? What are you talking about? Right here. Look, we 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 refused to, to comment on this. We closed. We had to close the place down. It was crazy, man, being part of that damn scandal. Sean, if you in here, fun times, but I ain't, I don't miss it. I don't miss it at all, man. Have fun though. Uh, let me get to some super chats. Where we at? The twenty second. Boom, boom, bow. Here we go. Dro. Super chat. Dro drop one. He said, "Fans have to realize that we're a playoff team and we're picking later in each round, so we have to reevaluate each round grades when it comes to players." Yep. Something we brought up yesterday, Drew, when we said, look, man, you can't be scared to make these type of moves because you're relying on guys later in these rounds because you're picking in the 20s all the damn time. So now you're relying on guys in later these rounds and you got to wait for them to develop and that takes time. Nah, man, you got to get some people to help get you over the hump while they are developing. Nah, I wasn't part of that scandal. It was a while. It was a wild scandal, man. One day, you know, one day in these not in the behind the scenes, Twitch, whatever, Patreon, I, I'll give you the details. That scandal was crazy. It was so much awkward tension with our manager and a judge. It was, it was snitching involved. Like they, they built, essentially they built the Rico case against the judge, but they had nothing to do with drugs. It was just some scandalous-ish. They built a, a, a scandalous a uh, uh, Rico case against our judge. Yeah, yeah. It was wild. A. Aaron. Super chat. Drop one said, and I got you, A. Aaron, today. Not only are they doing trades for good players, they protect themselves. Again, with Rojo, Chima. Uh, they didn't even do that last year. I mean, you could, honestly, if we're being honest, if all they did was sign uh, uh, Edoja and all they did was sign Rojo, I would equate that same, I would equate it to James Washington. And uh, Dante Fowler. Yep, that's what I would equate it to. But they didn't just do that. So that's the beauty of it. <laughs> Call me by my cup. Uh, Toe Boat Tie. Super chat. He dropped one and said, Cowboys always give us crumbs in free agency. We don't know how to act when we get the whole cookie. Facts. It's my birthday and they gave me good presents this year. I'm excited for next season. Hey, happy birthday, Toe Boat Tie. Appreciate you always dropping some quality super chats. Uh, make sure I wish him a happy birthday, Cowboys Nation. But he's right, man. There was a point in time where the Cowboys re-signed their own and then, you know, they, they made that first trade and everybody was like, oh my God, this is way different. I was like, not yet. Let's see what they do with this money they just created and then we'll know if it's different. And boom, one out got Cooks, this thing different. Release Ezekiel Elliott, this thing different. Um, We don't wipe them three or four. Shout out to Chris. Super chat. He said, one more move to make and that's James... Washington, as Law Nation likes to say. Stop playing with me. Super chat. Grande Poppy dropped one and said, excited for that Gil and Cooks can teach. Okay, excited for that. For what Gil and Cooks can teach Joseph and Tobert 
but more excited about what they can add to the nuance of Lamb and Diggs. I'm glad you ended it on that one because that's that's the one right there. And what they can teach Lamb and Diggs if we're keeping it a bean. Sully dropped one to Super chat. <laughs> said Judge was taking pocket pulls for the innocent verdict. You know, if it was that, that'd have been even crazier, but it wasn't even that. It wasn't even that. Like he was a fair judge. He was a he was a quality, fair, fair judge. It wasn't one of those, and I think this case actually happened in PA, where the juvenile judge was taking pay for play type situation where he was sending these innocent kids, mostly black kids, to, to juvenile detention centers because it was putting money in his pocket and into the juvie system's pockets. It wasn't that. It was it was some greedy ish that didn't that, that didn't have nothing to do like that, and then it was some other scandalous ish that had to do with women. It was just it was absurd, man. It wasn't shocking, but it, but it was absurd to be to be a part of because at at that time you were a part of it. Dolphin County, yes, yes, Tom. It was it was Dolphin County, and then. The judge that came, I left after about a few months. My bad, I'm talking about my personal life now. But the judge that came after, love her to death, not going to name her. Goddamn shot her husband. <laughs> I say, yo. Hey, Sean, I was glad to get up out of there. Now, um, some reasons. But you went from the scandalous judge to the judge who also had another scam man it was just wild down there fam just wild just wild all right that's gonna do it for today's show good stuff ain't mean to go off on this dolphin county judge system <laughs> tangent but it kind of was just rattling in my brain when when cj brought that up yeah watch shout her husband uh, if y'all want to know more about that, maybe later on on the Vosh Lombardi live show, <laughs> I could detail exactly what was happening during my time as a Dolphin County employee. But until then, hit the like button if you enjoyed today's show. We'll be back tomorrow. Later on, I'll be on Vosh's show. And then Mo will be on for the A to Z Sports prime time for another banger. If y'all don't catch Mo on A to Z Sports Primetime, you can catch him on A to Z Dallas, A to Z Sports Dallas.com. New platform, new website. Oh, and that that surprise I was telling you all about the segment that I'm working on with the with the prominent Cowboys figure. Um, we this close. We this close to making it happen. We we got a few more details to work out, and we're trying to get that started at the beginning of April. And I think y'all will enjoy that. So make sure y'all keep your ears tuned for that as well, man. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and press this button and get up out of here. David said, this guy was the right-hand man for Bumpy Johnson. Oh, man, that Heron. That that Heron uh, era was cool. Talk about that fentanyl. Nah, man, y'all crazy. I had to make a coat on. Love y'all. Peace. That Heron and Reefer ever. I first heard my stepdad call it Reefer. It was in the 90s.
スコア！